0: Welcome to Energy Stew, this is Peter Roth, your host. And I'd like to ask you, how holy do you think you are? Do you feel you are? How holy are you? And what does that mean in this world? You represent that, of yourself, in yourself. And it's so important to know about this, about ourselves, we are all so holy and sacred and to help us understand that better is the author of a wonderful book that i've read and, and just and that everything about him is holy <laughs> and you'll understand what i mean when we start talking together um, he his book is when god calls say yes and what does that mean and it's a physician's experience of mystical guidance. So we're speaking with a medical doctor who's uh, an amazing person. I've gotten to know him, and, and I'm so happy that he can be on Energy Stew. Rod Shelberg, welcome to Energy Stew.
1: Thank you, Peter. Thank you for having me on your show. And I look forward to this interview. I've been waiting for it.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, I'm so excited about about you. uh, Because we've gotten to know each other. Yes. And I, I am amazed at what you went through in life to get to where you are. And how much you're living in the truth of, of your own holiness. And how important it is to the world, and how you're, you're walking your talk.
1: <clears throat> yes.
0: <laughs> so let's start where um, where you started. Actually, uh, working for many years in Maine as a as a medical doctor, um, emergency room. Uh, you were you were in high positions in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you and. And let's start there and take it from there.
1: Sure. Well, all through my life, up until about 1996, I was, I would call the physical man, get the job, get the house, get the cars, have the family. And I acquired all those things of the world. And I was sitting in church one day and I said, I'm not happy. I don't feel full. And I realized I didn't feel full spiritually. So I sat and I said to God, please reveal yourself. I was expecting thunderbolts and lightning, but nothing happened. <laughs> in 2004, I went through a divorce that took everything from me. And from that divorce, I started reading uh, Course in Miracles, which is an independent self-study course about learning the unreality of this world. And I started to do meditations. And during all that time, my thought was, Father, start to reveal yourself. Show me who I really am. That started happening. First is seeing auras on people, seeing colors on their hearts, red, green, and blue. And I thought, well, this is interesting. I didn't tell anybody about this because they think I was crazy. As I started to deal with patients, I started having mystical experiences where the divine would give me guidance on how to help somebody. So I learned from reading and and, uh, meditation that I was going from a physical man to a spiritual man. And I was becoming holy in the sense that I was starting to see the oneness of all things and starting to see all things as light and love. I was learning to tap into that energy and let it flow through me and guide me
0: and yet and what, you were you were in hospital settings dealing with people in emergency situations and and because of that you started to see into bodies you started to see the story of <laughs> what people's ailments were and what they needed right. and that nobody else could see
1: correct they sometimes would think I was crazy
0: (laughs) but the results were there
1: (laughs) the results were undeniable so I have so many stories a lady came in I'll just give you an example and they said she was having a panic attack and she was anxious I thought okay so I was talking to her she was hysterical I said you know you need to calm down so as I laid her down in that instant everything changed in the ER room into light. What I saw was that her heart was being crushed by the water sac around it. And I was told she has metastatic breast cancer and the cancer has gone into the pericardium and it's crushing her heart. She's not having a panic attack. So I sat her up immediately because she's dying and did did the ultrasound. And sure enough, she had over a quart of water surrounding her heart, crushing it. So the divine came in and told me what to do. We put a needle in and drained all the water off and saved her life. So I get both the vision and the hearing. That's just one example. I can give you lots of stories, but you start to realize that as you go down this path, you don't walk it alone. You walk it with this beautiful, loving presence that's always there to guide you and help you. We are all mystics. We just have to learn how to tap into that again. Can you imagine
0: if if all doctors? (laughs) It's it's wild. Um, Actually, I had a doctor study with me many years ago, decades ago, medical doctor. and, And he was able to develop skills like this. And um, and he, at first, he was helping people as subtly as he could, only because he was afraid of, of judgment against him for y- using this kind of study. Yes. And eventually, it got exposed, and then it, many doctors would even call him and ask him for his intuition to see into bodies and know what's going on in people that um you know, that they couldn't but it was uh, but it was good in you know in a new york city big hospital that there are doctors there that recognize this kind of talent
1: yeah i didn't tell anybody um i was the medical director of the er at the time it's not taken well by patients and staff and administration and um A patient came in having chest pain I was reading his heart tracing and he said doc how's it look and and I had asked Christ consciousness right next to me said how does this look to you and I almost said to him just give me a minute I'm talking to Christ now this guy didn't have a heart attack but I thought (laughs) if I would have said that he just might have had a heart attack so I've decided that um, my correct medical diagnosis is that I have divine schizophrenia And that is, I see things and hear things that other people don't see until they start to learn to use their spiritual senses. Then they go, oh, you're right. You mentioned being in a conference with with somebody and they validated what you were talking about. They have your spiritual sight and your vision. They could hear and you connected and you both saw the same thing. So as all people start to Meditate and practice, and open up their mind to the divine. These spiritual senses start to uh, develop.
0: Right, but I, I like what you said about um, the corroboration of of other people who are in the same uh, mm-hmm. capacity. And because I at one time I time traveled um, with a client of mine, and we we actually time traveled back to ancient Egypt. Yeah. To a healing chamber there, and I I was able to somehow knew what I was doing there, worked on her, and then we came back to the present together. Uh-huh. and then we could talk about it together and say, "Oh, look where we've been." And you know, to have that experience with another person is pretty grounding
1: <laughs> it's 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 really nice to to find somebody that you can talk to. And these experiences that I've had, I can't call them up. I can't just look at you and say, oh, you've got this problem or that problem. We have to develop this oneness, a connectivity of our hearts, my heart to your heart. And remember that we're all one in divine love. It takes a little time for that. You know, I need to talk to you and you need to talk to me and to trust and and open up. Then I can start to see. So I get but, information,
0: but I think divine experiences are the the, the telling factor. Uh, you know, it's one thing to talk about it, and then that's where religions come from, and then all of a sudden it's dogma. Yeah, and that's so so different from having experiences that are hard to explain to most people.
1: You you can't explain these, you know these. There's a difference. I can give you all the words you want and that's a human dimension of duality. But when you talk about spirit, it's just oneness, it's just consciousness, it's a knowing. My example is, I have eaten an orange, you have not. Now imagine I'm trying to tell you how wonderful it is and how great it is, <laughs> but when you taste it, you go, now I know. We don't need words anymore. We now know. Right,
0: so. but how do we share those kinds of experiences of, of what an orange tastes like?
1: Well, uh, you get them people oranges. In I know,
0: words, but, but we're orange. talking about uh, yes. an amazing uh, shift, you know, and you talk about it in your book of a of, of frame shift. Correct. And so we're, we have to have a direct experience to have a new framework for things.
1: So it takes number one, an open mind, a willingness to open yourself up to the, to the divine and willing to question everything that you think you see with your human eyes is not reality. You wanna to start to see with your spiritual eyes. Then you wanna to start to get really quiet. And that's, that's the meditation of some sort, whatever it is, because you want to create a pause so that the divine can start to talk to you. And first there's an impression, and then whatever gifts you have start to manifest. Right. So there's actually a sequence you want to go through. In the Eastern traditions, they, they, they teach people that this world is a dream, and your true reality is that you are a divine light. And we've covered that up with a bodysuit and we think that's who we are. And then we go outside of ourselves to church and to get a job. We get pulled further and further from our divinity. So you want to be in the world, but not of the world. In other words, I'm going to get really quiet and just meditate and just become light again.
0: And I, I think the easiest way for people to do it, and I wouldn't recommend it, is to have a near-death experience. (laughs) Because so many of those people get that opportunity and then come back and want to tell everybody about it. And people go, you must be nuts.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I had a near-death experience in second grade. And I had allergic reaction to a medicine stopped breathing. And I went through that whole scenario of darkness, the fear of death. I know I'm suffocating and I floated up and out and I was pulled into the, into the I saw the white light, but I was resuscitated halfway through and, and brought back. In my meditations, however, I have had the same experience in deep meditation of being one with the divine and feeling that tremendous energy and love and peace. And once you know how to get there, you go, oh, I know how to get there. It it comes very easy. Right. And as you go, you, you drop this human world more and more and become more free. It's just such an easy way to live.
0: I think my experiences came in previous lifetimes where I, I was living very highly spiritual lives and in uh, some of them. And then in this lifetime, at birth, I needed to be resuscitated. And I think as an infant, I actually did have that experience of of the other side. And and I know that a lot of children, babies who have had to be resuscitated, there's research on it, there's a book on it. As adults, we all are different. (laughs) We don't remember it we don't remember that the nde but we certainly uh, live it
1: yes it it was a it was like a dream i was a little kid what i find is that with that experience at least for me it was like seeds of of the divine were planted gifts were given to me that i could manifest later in life and tap into which would help me to help other people and save their lives so
0: well, see, what I love about this is that you're, in your capacity uh, in the early days, uh, when you were actually working full-time as a doctor um, in, in, the hosp- in the hospital, you were already bringing such capacity to your work that, that you could see it, how powerful it is in helping others and we don't all have vehicles to help people using these gifts uh, as you had because um so much of the time we can only really talk about it yeah and and you had a chance to save people's lives with it
1: correct it's You start to learn that there's more to the life that your human senses show you. And there's wonderment and excitement. That divine presence, as you start to invite it in, it comes through you. It's like a divine light coming through the top of your head and goes out of your heart and it fills the room. And, And I've seen many people that have this gift and I have that and that light goes out and everybody feels this tremendous peace and the patients usually survive and they're going, how did that happen? They they were minutes of, from death and now they're alive. So that loving presence is always there. We just need to have to learn to tap into it.
0: Right. I remember doing a healing circle years ago for a woman who was on her deathbed and I was with, about 20 people uh, far away from her, um, many miles. And and we all knew her and cared about her. And, and, and so we, in this healing circle, we evoked, you know, light and love and healing. Mm-hmm. And she was expected to die in, in hours. And as soon as the healing circle was over, she said, Oh, I think I'm better now, and got up and walked out, and she was fine.
1: <laughs> yes. When patients do that, it makes me look bad. <laughs> I tell the family they're not going to make it. They're, they're critical, and so let's just stop and just pray for a little bit and just be at peace. And they get up. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and they look at me and. This one man had a heart attack and um, intubated him with a ventilator and put him on life support meds. And the family came in from California and all over the place. And he was white. I mean, he was hanging on by a thread. And I said, let's just do a, a prayer and hold hands and just surround him in love and light. And they said, okay. So I extubated him, pulled the tubes off. He didn't die. He started breathing. Wow. He started pinking up. <laughs> and they got mad at me. The family got mad
0: at me. And hey, we so, came all this way and now he's living. All
1: this way. <laughs> exactly. And they said, and he's, you said he was going to die. and He didn't die. And what saved me, they were really mad. He lived and he walked out of that hospital. But the family was in the lunchroom and they heard the paramedics talking about them. And the paramedics were saying, that man was dead. I don't see how he's alive, but he was dead. He should have died. That Chalberg is amazing. And then they uh, went, oh, <laughs> he really was that bad. So sometimes it backfires.
0: <laughs> That's, well. was amazing to see that uh, paradox.
1: It's uh, okay. <laughs> I just smile. I just, you know, it's okay.
0: Yeah, well... It- when you learn to live in spirit with spirit, you realize that it's a life that most people haven't connected with yet. Correct. And don't know the language of it. And and the more you might talk about it with people who don't know about you, don't know of you, you know, what you're doing and all of that, they look at you and they go, Oh, you're just some religious guy who's full of it, full of religion. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, because you talk about Christ consciousness and Christ being with you, and they go, oh, yeah, you're, you're a Christian guy and you're into Jesus and all that kind you know, and it's like you could say that, but you have a different language about it. It's not the same language as the dogma of Christianity. Yeah. It's, it's it, You're taking it to the next level that Christ's consciousness is is the, the purest love and light that you understand from your from
1: exactly
0: world around you.
1: I use Christian terminology, but it's not religion, it's spirituality. And there's a difference. Chris spirituality, it's just Christ consciousness, energy, love, God, whatever you want to call it. We're all one in this beautiful presence of love and light. That's who we truly are. We're light beings. But we covered that up with the body. Then the body says, we need to build a building and put popes and all these people and have this hierarchy and crowd control. And we have to name everything that adds to separation for all of us. So well, then- i
0: thinking also the separation that my God is better than your God my Jesus is better than your Moses or what? I don't know what.
1: Exactly. And that leads to war. And it's like, let's all surrender our thinking minds. The ego says, I think, therefore I am. And God says, I am. And you are individualized Christ consciousness, as am I, as is all the Palestinians, as is all the Israelis. I look at all of them and say, we're all one in this beautiful love. Let's stop this insanity and just remember our divine source. We are light.
0: Right, but I, lately I've been examining levels of consciousness on this planet of people and realizing that so many people aren't at a level of conscious, consciousness to have these realizations.
1: No, I my analogy is light bulbs. So, the majority of people are 25 watt light bulbs, refrigerator lights. I love that. <laughs> and there's the 50 watt light bulbs, people that are starting to remember who they are. Then there's the 75 watt light bulbs. Now we're talking, you know, enlightened people. Then we're up to 100 watt light bulbs. I love that. So, and where's God? God's at 200. And you say, that's really bright, a lot of energy, and it takes practice being able to get near that kind of light. But we're all getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And it's people like you and me and other spiritual people that say, here's some light. Let me make you from 25 watt to 35. They see farther, their perception changes, then they become 50 watt and they see more. And that sphere of light gets brighter and brighter. And all of consciousness, it starts to expand in the light.
0: I I love this analogy with light bulbs. And it it makes so much sense because of the brightness allowing us to see farther. Yeah. It's really cool.
1: And that, that, that light's in your heart. And so your job is to say, I want more light in my life. So I'm going to look at what I'm thinking and stop thinking. And just a lot less like taking the lampshade off the light. Automatically you get brighter. You're allowing the divine in to speak to you and help you. Your life, your life starts to get better. Everything gets better because there's more light.
0: Yeah. And allowing the divine in is is something that I think, we can expand on perhaps in a subsequent show uh, because it's really about opening to, to the presence of light and love in ways that we're conditioned not to.
1: Right. Yeah. We're taught to go to church and hope God's in a good mood. I was raised Catholic and I was always in trouble for something. And so I had to do a lot of Hail Marys and give money and pray and, that's a very humanistic god you know that's happy or angry the true god is just pure love pure light right so we have to learn to change our thinking from a human concept of god one way i help people do that is think of gravity we don't build buildings to gravity we just assume it's there gravity loves everybody the same whether they're good or bad, <laughs> right or wrong rich or poor it doesn't care i don't pray to gravity help me get through this math test you see gravity's impersonal it just is and it's just helping us to stay on this plane
0: that's a beautiful answer so that's
1: a that's the true essence of god is i am that's it
0: yeah well we're getting near the end of the show okay and the name of your book is When God Calls, Say Yes. Yes. And um, and where? how can people follow up?
1: Well, I do um, spiritual guidance um, and help people in a lot of areas. I have a website, drrodchelberg.com, and they can just go to that, read about me, and the services offered. They can schedule an appointment if they want right there. And we talk about a, a lot of different things. I'm not a psychic. I'm not a mystic uh, media. But I just allow that love to come through. And all sorts of answers come up. It's really quite amazing. So, But drrodchalberg.com is how to get a hold of me.
0: Okay. And um, it's, this is wonderful. I'm so glad that we could do this. and and uh, And we will... Carry on in the future too. It's been a it's, it a pleasure. It's so wonderful to know you. And Thank I you. just such admiration of the work that you do.
1: Thank you. It's been my pleasure too. You, you do great work. You're a light worker. So Thank you. I, it I takes one to
0: <laughs> yes. And this is Peter Roth, your host of Energy Stew at PRN.live. I can be reached at Peter at heartriver, H E A R T, river.org. I'd love to hear from you and thanks so much for listening.